a Reader's Advisory Podcast from the Oak Creek Public Library. I'm Melody. And I'm Rachel. And today we're going to be talking about comics and other things like them, like capes, maybe. You looked at the title. (laughs) Hint, hint. Um, But before we start um, jumping into the episode, we wanted to let you know a couple things. Um, We're going to be taking a short break for the holidays, so there will not be a new episode in December. Mm -hmm. We'll be back sometime in the new year. Um, And then the other sad news is that this is going to be my last episode. I'm moving to the North Shore Library to take a position in the adult reference department. So it's not a bad change per se. It's, you know, a move in in my career, but I will miss doing this and I'll miss you, Rachel, and and I'll miss you guys listening. Everyone here is going to miss you, Melody. Yeah. We're already very upset about it. You betrayer, but it's understandable why yeah. you have done so. Yeah. It's you know, it, it's it's kind oh, of sad. Yeah, it's been kind of my baby, but and plus, while you're here, I get to lord it over your head, and guilt trip you day in and day out. Yeah. so it's I've, been fun. Yeah, it has been, and I will be. I'll be listening. So if you want to shout out to me for the rest of every every single every episode, episode. Yes. you'll have to listen for that. To yes, make sure. somewhere. Yeah, it'll be a test to see if you're actually listening. That's so, Melody, what timestamp did we see your name? <laughs> good. It's, it's a deal. I will do that. Sounds good. <laughs> okay, so um, we're going to start off. I'm going to talk about a book called The Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Um, the subtitle is Preludes and Nocturnes. So this is volume one in a, The Sandman Sorry, the Sandman series by Neil Gaiman, which you recommended to me. I did. It is one of my all-time favorite uh, series. So I'm a little scared to talk to you about this. (laughs) You'll do fine, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, I have really mixed feelings about this book. Mm -hmm. Just to give you kind of uh, the general premise. So um, uh, an occultist, which I learned how to pronounce about five (laughs) minutes ago... (laughs) um, in this story, an occultist is trying to capture death, um, and he ends up capturing and imprisoning Dream, death's brother, for 70 years instead of death. Um, Dream also goes by another name, Morpheus, just in case you weren't already confused. And finally, years later, he is able to trick his cap- captors into setting him free, and once he's free, he has to go on this quest to um, find his objects of power that were taken from him. So he's looking for a bag of sand, a helmet, and a magical powerful stone, which we were trying to figure out what it was called earlier, and I don't remember. Melody thought it might be an infinity stone. Yeah, but I don't think this is Marvel. No, it's not. (laughs) But it's a good guess. (laughs) Yeah. So um, on his quest, he ends up encountering Lucifer, um, John Constantine, and an all-powerful madman who is quite terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, So reading this, this is my first introduction to any Neil Gaiman um, graphic novel. Sure. By the way, this is a graphic novel. I should have mentioned that. (laughs) Um, It's in the title. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Is it? I don't think it is. Well, comics. Oh, graphic right. Novels. Yeah, that Interchangeable. Title. Uh, sorry, I was thinking the book title. <laughs> we're, anyway. we're on our A game today, yeah, listeners. Yeah, we're, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long day already. So anyway, um, th- this is really a combination of a lot of different genres in mm-hmm. my mind. So there's mythology, fantasy. At one point, they start talking about Gotham and Batman, and I was like, "Do they? What? I don't remember that." Mind blown. Well, it is Vertigo, right? Which is an imprint of DC. Yeah. So that makes sense, I guess. And 
after reading this book, I read a little background, and I think the Sandman is a much lesser known DC character Mm -hmm. who doesn't appear very much. So this is in the DC world. Right. But it was so weird to be in this like myth mythological world with dream and death and then all of a sudden they're like oh by the way batman yeah what (laughs) by the way batman (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so i found it kind of confusing um there's a lot of content in each and every page Mm -hmm. um there's each page has multiple pictures there's lots of text yeah. lots of it's very text wordy boxes. for a graphic novel it's very wordy um so it's not an easy read which i think maybe is why i wasn't completely thrilled by it because mm-hmm. in my mind when i think about reading a comic i think oh easy reading yeah kind of in it for the art yeah you know um but this this isn't it's not easy reading it's pretty involved it's a very well-told story um, and really interesting and a lot of completely new concepts and mm-hmm. plot points. Very interesting, but um, pretty in-depth. Um, one of the things that really stuck out to me, it's also a little graphic. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I warned you when I recommended yeah. this. How intense do you want to go, right. Melody? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little graphic. Yeah. Um, there's a scene towards the end where this madman using this powerful stone kind of takes over this cafe and starts controlling people and makes them... It's very Watchmen-esque, where it turns to brutality very quickly Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. things go very dark. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's heavy, um, but it's good. So I think on a second read, I would enjoy it more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I did start reading book two, which is one of my read-alikes. So it's The Sandman, The Doll's House. Um... And in book two, Morpheus, now that he has his objects of power, um, he finds out that some of the dreams that he created have escaped into reality, and um, he has to go reclaim those dreams. And during that process, he discovers a woman named Rose who has inadvertently become a dream vortex that threatens to rip apart the world. Which, if I were to have a superpower, (laughs) that would be it. (laughs) A dream vortex. Um, Yeah, and then so Morpheus has to deal with that situation. Yeah. Um, So I just just kind of started book two, and I think um, having been introduced to most of the characters in book one, I think I will enjoy book two more so than book one, Mm because there's a lot of characters and storylines, so just took me a while to acclimate to this story. I think when we were talking about it, Rachel, you said by the end of book one, you were in. Yeah. But it took a while. Yeah, I remember reading this as an undergrad in college, and I think I told you this already, but I would read it before my classes, and I'd want to finish it before the classes, but you can't because they're so (laughs) thick. Yeah. And there's so many words to get through on each page. I know. Um, But really, if you stick with it, and by the end, I think it's a 13-volume arc. I can't remember. I think it might be 10. 10? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. By the end of that... uh, the story and how everything connects together it's so well done it's, okay it's kind of like you know when you're reading something and by the end of the book you're like whoever wrote this is a genius yeah. <laughs> i don't know how they pulled it off right but neil gaiman definitely did yeah and i think that's sort of a similar theme in comics in general yeah i'm, I'm thinking about marvel we're going to talk about a marvel movie later on in the, this episode mm-hmm. and that's similar 
there's a lot of storylines and characters. Yeah. But once you get to the end and you see how everything is woven together. Yeah, the culmination is what makes it worth it. Yeah. Um, So my other read-alike that um, this kind of reminded me of is also by Neil Gaiman. It's called Neverwhere. Um, And my recommendation is the dramatized audio version of this story. Not the audio book, but it's a BBC drama, full cast dramatization. And famous Um, British cast members incoming. (laughs) Oh, yes. Here we go. You guys ready? Yes. So James McAvoy. Ooh. Benedict Cumberbatch, Natalie Dormer, Anthony Head. It's just going to get more higher and higher pitch. (laughs) And Christopher Lee. Christopher freaking Lee. Yeah. So there's a huge, amazing, impressive cast for this audiobook. Sorry, I already said it's not an audiobook. (laughs) Um, It's really well done, and it's so... it adheres so closely to the original text that it almost feels like an audiobook. It does, yeah. yeah. It's, it is very well done. Mm-hmm. So the basic premise is after a simple act of kindness throws Richard Mayhew into a world below London, he encounters beasts, royalty, and my personal favorite, an angel called Islington, <laughs> which guess who plays Islington, guys? <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> and I would like to note that we're actually pronouncing his name properly. We were told after the last few episodes that his name is not Bandicoot Slumberbatch, <laughs> but actually Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> or Crumble Bumpkin or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knew? Yeah. Sorry, guys. Let's correct that. <laughs> um, so when when Richard, the character in the story, encounters London below, he discovers this strange new world of new creatures and also finds a new destiny in life so which is all we really want i think he's a very relatable character yeah he he really is he's just Um, an ordinary bloke yeah he is and it's it's a really fascinating story yeah also slightly dark not as bad as the sandman but Mm -hmm. with gaiman you're gonna get some dark things yeah and i think because it's a graphic novel or comic you have the added level of visuals which can make things a bit more visceral yes the visuals in sandman are quite intense <laughs> i was kind of worried when i was reading it out in public <laughs> you know it's you gotta be careful what you're reading on public transit you know yeah i remember reading a, a hellblazer on the bus once yeah and it was an early volume and i opened this page and there's just like this seven-headed monster and it's got naked bits and oh the lady behind gosh. me on the bus goes oh that's interesting oh no yes yes it is interesting <laughs> oh, no. So you got to be careful. Yeah, you do. If you're reading this, just keep it really close to your face. <laughs> so yeah, um, those are that's my first book. Yeah. Yeah. So Rachel, what do you want to talk about? Uh, well, I would love to talk about Preacher, which uh, this is also a Vertigo comic book series. This one's written by Garth Ennis with art by Steve Dillon. And it ran from 95 to 2000, which I guess was considered a pretty volatile time in comic book history. I don't know. I wasn't even 10 by the time 2000 hit. Uh, But history has told us thus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The characters, plot lines, and crossovers were pretty excessive. And it's my understanding that the industry was on shaky ground. Even giants like Marvel were having issues just with funding and everything was up in the air. That's interesting. I yeah. didn't even realize that. I didn't either, but I guess you could say Preacher itself is pretty wild, so I don't know if that's a reflection of the time or if that's just how it was always going to be, yeah. given the writer and artist, but... Right. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. 
Um, it follows preacher Jesse Custer, his girlfriend Tulip O'Hare, who is one of the best characters in the world, <laughs> um, and also their best friend Cassidy, who happens to be Irish and a vampire and a drug addict and awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So these three characters are the meat of a delicious sandwich flavored by uh, others. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> there's Genesis, which in a nutshell, it's Jesse's superpower. Genesis is this entity that inhabits him and gives him the power to make others do whatever he says. Kind of like Kilgrave and Jessica Jones. So if he tells you to do something while he's using this power, the person has to do it. Interesting. And that's the crux of the comics. That's a dangerous superpower. Right? So many villains could be made. Yes. (laughs) Um, And there's also the character of God, who abdicated the throne after Genesis escaped heaven and inhabited Jesse. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So does that mean Genesis, God was using Genesis to... to I don't want to spoil it. Control things? But no, God is his own power, okay. as you would expect. The okay. Almighty, right? Okay. He okay. can do whatever the crap he wants because he's God. <laughs> okay. Wow, that is fascinating. Yeah. So the story is kind of about Jesse trying to track God down and be like, yo, what's up? <laughs> the, the line is, hold him to account, but I prefer, yo, what's up? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> and again, Jesse's a preacher, so he's been raised to be godly. And religious, yeah, and you know. respect God. Right. As, as this so he's kind theme. of just trying to figure out what's going on. But at the same time, he's human. He's not perfect. So he kind of misuses Genesis. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, you're just testing things out. You have this sudden new superpower, and you're going to go kind of crazy with it. But, I don't know, he's a very layered individual. Huh. Um, there's also the Grail, which is this kind of... It's kind of like the Illuminati, but they're this group of religious guys. <laughs> I religious mean, guys, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they are trying to take over the world, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For their own means. Yeah. Uh, they believe in this one guy called the Messiah, a group of guys who follow this guy. <laughs> He's called the Messiah, uh, okay. who is a direct descendant of Jesus Christ. But he's, they've kept the bloodline pure, so he's severely inbred and Ooh. mentally handicapped. Ugh. So, okay. yeah, that's the appropriate reaction Ugh. to have there. <laughs> no. I love your reaction to this. It's making my day. <laughs> There's also a character called the Saint of Killers, who is this unstoppable, soulless cowboy murderer who is hired to track down Jesse, who's trying to track down God. So it's oh, like okay, a conga line. <laughs> so not only is he hunting for somebody, he's yeah. being hunted. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's propelling him ever forward. Great. <laughs> There's also Jesse's evil grandma, who's kind <laughs> of like a voodoo witch, but she's also just repellent as a human being. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's her, I want to say bodyguard. His name's Jody. And he's the man who actually killed Jesse's father when he was a child. So there's so much. I know it's there's just, a lot. The more, you and I'm only the touching the tip of the iceberg here. Wow. Uh, but with Grandma and Jody, there's also this guy named TC who's kind of like he helps out on their plantation, I guess, and he really likes goats. Like 
too much. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> and the goats do not no. like him back. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. oh, I love this comic. There's also uh, serial killers, a pair of sex pest detectives, pedophiles, hillbilly cannibals, a group of wannabe vampires, torturers, and a kid named Arseface. <laughs> In addition to many more. So like I said, it's a flavorful sandwich. Wow. Like horseradish and weird stuff you wouldn't put on a sandwich. Yeah. But, yeah. Wow. (laughs) It was originally projected, well, after the comics came out, it was projected as a film, but it was abandoned for being (laughs) too religiously controversial, go figure. Why would anyone think that? I don't know. (laughs) It was then tested as a series for HBO, so, you know, kind of more rated R stuff. Yeah. But that was also stopped for being too religiously controversial and, get this, too stylistically dark for HBO. Wow. So, Yeah. It was tried as a film again, but nah, (laughs) they decided no. Uh Until finally, finally, it went to AMC, who was like, hell yes, please. (laughs) The show. I love that you put this in your notes. (laughs) Yeah. So we make notes ahead of time, and she literally wrote that. (laughs) I wrote down, hell yes, please, and it's PLZ. Yeah. You're giving away my secrets, Melody. I'm sorry, Rachel. I just. I was reading the notes a couple of days ago. I was like, oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad someone enjoys it. (laughs) So the show for AMC is developed by Sam Catlin, Seth Rogen, and even Goldberg. Okay. There are four uh, seasons, and the finale was in September, so I'm still upset over it coming to an end. Is that why you've been crying at your desk? Well, that and between you leaving us, what choice do I have? (laughs) Just every time I walk past. So the TV series is great, and the comic is great. It all makes me happy to be alive. (laughs) (laughs) The comic is actually ranked pretty high on the list of Vertigo comics, right around Alan Moore's Swamp Thing and Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Mm. So if anyone has read either of those, give this one a try. It's pretty good. Even if the characters have thrown you off, you might like it for the story. (laughs) (laughs) Who am I to judge? Um, With both the comic and the show, the situations are pretty outlandish and hilarious, but it also gets very real very fast, and the characters are what make the story what it is. And I think that's often the case with comics, isn't it? It's the characters who make or break. Yeah, because, I mean, plot lines and powers and all that stuff can just become insane with Mm -hmm. comics, and I think the strong characters really hold the foundation. And there's also the art style, obviously, and Mm -hmm. Steve Dillon's art style is... Uh, pretty unique. I like it. It's almost photorealistic, I want to say, at least on the covers and the inside. It's pretty yeah. similar. Yeah. Um, and it plays a huge role in the development of the comic. Unfortunately, uh, Dylan uh, passed away in 2016, just a few months after season one of the show came out. Oh, so, so. he didn't even get to see the final right. season yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, it did turn out well. So, okay. <laughs> at least in my opinion. That's good. Are there any um, actors that I would know who are in it? Um, there's Joseph Gilgun who plays Cassidy. Uh, okay. If you've ever seen This Is England. No. Okay. <laughs> or Misfits? No. Okay. I'm trying to think of British shows. And then there's the guy who was in Agent Carter. He played Tony Stark. Oh, um... You can hear me typing away trying to find yeah, it. Yeah, he... Dominic Cooper. Yes. And then Ruth Nega plays Tulip O'Hare, and she is a phenomenal actress. Okay. Holy crap. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and there's Pip Torrens, who plays uh, one of these guys, <laughs> who's the head of the guys, the head of the grail. <laughs> the head of the guys, the guys. This is why I majored in English, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are on our game today. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. And none of this is getting cut. I'm keeping it all in. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Plan. It's a deal. Yeah. Uh, I will say most people who have gripes with the TV series highlight the differences between the show and the comic. For some reason, people are really upset with season four. I tend to be pretty oblivious to what other people say about the show as it's going on. Mm -hmm. But I like the show enough where I wanted to get more behind the scenes stuff and see what other people had to say about it. And people, they don't like season four. I can sort of see why, because... I think it probably could have used another season or two to make things play out. They were probably told, yo, your series is ending. Wrap it up. Yeah. You know? Get all of your ends tied. So it did feel rushed. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. But there's still the gratuitous violence that we all love. I say we. (laughs) I look at Valadie's face and she's like, we do not. That's my favorite thing about movies is the gratuitous violence. Well, the showrunners are really faithful to the comic, yeah. uh, at least with the violence and the characters and the major plot points. And I, again, I think all the characters were played by the appropriate actors. They were, I don't know who did That's the casting. really important. But you look at Dominic Cooper and Ruth Nega and Joseph Gilgund and you're like, they are those characters. Yeah. Again, I'm just very sad to see it go. Yeah. Well, you can rewatch it. Yeah, that's true. Get it on DVD. Stream it, as go. the kids do these days. Yes, the kids do. I'm 26. Things. I don't know why I'm saying these I'm kids. I'm older than you. Not <laughs> okay, uh-huh. on to our read-alikes. <laughs> <laughs> There's Hellblazer, which I mentioned briefly earlier. And uh, it was originally headed by Jamie Delano and artist John Ridgway with original character John Constantine by Neil Gaiman. You mentioned him as being in the first volume of Sandman, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. This precedes Preacher by quite a while in comic book years. It originally came out in 1988, but the dark tone is very similar to Preacher. Plus, I feel that Constantine and Jesse are a bit similar in that they both try to do the right thing, but they often stumble along the way. Okay. Uh, I would also recommend Lucifer by Mike Carey with, again, original character yeah. by Neil Gaiman. That was almost one of my read-alikes for yeah. Sandman, so I'm glad I didn't <laughs> there choose <you> go. that. <laughs> Uh, He first appeared in 89, again, in an issue of Sandman, and he eventually got his own series. This is in the same universe, or at least multiverse, (laughs) as Hellblazer, and also, as we learned, Batman. Apparently. (laughs) I chose it as a read-alike mostly because of the religious aspects, as you can imagine, but the tone is completely different. It's, I mean, if you think about it, Lucifer has been around since the beginning times, so... He definitely acts his age. He is yeah. inhuman. Yeah. It's hard to relate. Right. It is. Yeah. And my final recommendation is actually uh, another TV series based on comic books. It's called Legion, and this was done by FX. Uh, it concluded in August, so I am also broken up about wow. that one ending. Why do just, all my shows and all my friends yeah, leave me, Melody? I think that it's just the summer timing. <laughs> Possibly that. It's yeah. not personal, you're saying? No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, this one is pretty different to the other read-alikes because it's technically Marvel, but it's so unique that it doesn't quite fit with the MCU or the X-Men uh, Marvel movies. Or even the Netflix Marvel original series like Daredevil or Punisher. Mm -hmm. Uh, Legion is probably my favorite 
TV series, not just to do with comics, but as a story in its own right. It's about a mutant who maybe, maybe not suffers from mental illness. And just watch it. Whether you like comics or not, every episode is a work of art. Yeah. Yeah. So you just saying that, um, I don't know if you've seen Joker yet. I keep meaning to, but I'm afraid to watch it in theaters because it looks so crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So you mentioned mental illness. Yeah. (laughs) Joker is like pretty much the epitome percent about mental illness yeah yeah um my there are mixed reviews i am on the negative side of the reviewing scale okay (laughs) yeah i it was very slow going Hmm. um for me um and trailers doth deceive (laughs) yeah well it's you go in expecting him to look and act like the joker that we know and he uh, Following Heath Ledger, it's yeah very difficult. I feel similarly. Yeah. I mean, Heath Ledger was so good in that role. Yeah. How do you follow it up? Even with Joaquin Phoenix. I know. Whose name I love to say. <laughs> I just noticed you said that. Very with a crazy Joaquin. face. <laughs> um, so, but, and that, I would say like the last 20 minutes of the movie, I felt like, okay, we have finally gotten there this is the joker that i was expecting mm-hmm. but the movie is i think two hours oh. so the first hour and a half i was just looking at the clock like okay yeah. are we gonna get to origin stories can be so difficult yes because... people some people loved it right so yeah well you, we tend to love a character as you know them you may not be as concerned with how they got that way. Yeah. And again, it's covered so thoroughly in the comics. Yeah. I don't, I don't I, know. That's well, a tough one. It also felt like um, really a study on mental illness more so than mm. a comic movie. Okay. That and, would explain why I did so well at Sundance. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I think that's also why I, I personally wasn't enjoying it because it wasn't, it wasn't a superhero movie. Not entertaining no. in that way. No. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, side note. <laughs> moving Come on, on, DC. You're really, you're really slipping. <laughs> um, so I also wanted to talk about um, another graphic novel that I read. It's called Captain America Castaway in Dimension Z. Ooh, that's a very comic book name. Yes, it is. Um, so I wanted to read a second comic just to kind of get a feel for the superhero genre. Because mm-hmm. I'm a big, big fan of the Marvel movies, but... Ashamed to say I haven't read the comics. Yeah, same here. I yeah. I love the MCU, but the, the comics I haven't gotten as into. Right. I don't know if because they've been around for so long and there are so many arcs that I'm intimidated by that. Yeah, it's a lot of... That's yeah. why I chose this one. So I chose this particular one, first of all, because I love Captain America. He's my favorite. <laughs> um, and second of all, because this is the... Um, this story is kind of a read on read on its own type of story. Um, so it takes place after um, some. I'm just this is just what I read. Right <laughs> after something happened in the timeline where there's sort of an alternate timeline. So essentially, it is if Captain America had a different timeline than what we all know now. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the premise of the story is <clears throat> Steve or Captain America 
gets trapped. Are you on first name basis? Yes, me and Steve. <laughs> um, he gets trapped on a subway train, um, and he has just been talking to his girlfriend, Sharon, who you may know as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Yes. Um, and gets trapped on this train, wakes up in this place called Dimension Z, um, and he's been injected with this um, disease, quote-unquote, not really a disease, um, which essentially places the conscience of this ruler of this dimension into Steve's body and mind. Um, and the ruler's name is Zola. <laughs> of course it is. Yes. <laughs> um, and Zola's ultimate purpose in life is to infect and infiltrate all life with his conscience, of course. Classic bad guy material. Yes. Yeah. The funny thing is he appears in Steve's brain not constantly but sometimes mm. and in the comics there's a big square on Steve's chest where you see Zola's face <laughs> which is weird <laughs> um, but Steve can cover him up and hide things from him oh yeah that's an interesting concept yeah. so like he can talk to Steve but he can't unless Steve talks back to him he can't infiltrate his mind and oh. see what's going on Huh. Um, so Steve or Captain America or Cap, <laughs> um, he escapes this lab with Zola in his chest and I'm just trying to picture it. Yeah. It's, it's real fun. <laughs> it's a blue, it's a blue square. I don't know if that helps. There's a big face in it. Um, he also finds and takes with him a little baby Aww. that Zola has created who um, Captain America raises as his own son. He's not suspicious that Zola created this baby? Um, The baby hasn't been uh, brainwashed yet, so the baby's okay. Okay. (laughs) He's safe. That's good to know. For now. Baby's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that was a really intriguing concept for me, too, is because Captain America now has the son, and he's raising him. He's stuck in this place for 11 years. He seems like great dad material. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, He also, this story is peppered with flashbacks of Steve's childhood and how his dad left his mom and left home, and his mom really struggled to take care of the family, and then she got sick, and then Steve... Um, joined a gang and started stealing. Oh my goodness. Steve Rogers. Captain America. Um, to to pay rent and take care of his mom. And his mom has this really strong moral conscience and he already was battling that that inner morality yeah. as a child. So it's all really fascinating. That sounds good, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a good read. So um I recommend that for sure. And I also read book two, so um same title, Captain America Castaway in Dimension Z book two. <laughs> um, and the author, which I think I forgot to mention, is Rick Remender and John Ramita Jr. Mm. of both of those. Um, and in book two, um, Ian has been captured by who he discovers is his sister, who he didn't know he had. Ian is the boy. I was going to be like, yeah, that's his son, right? <laughs> yeah, Ian oh, is pseudo son. <laughs> 11-year-old Ian has been captured and finds out he's got a sister. Um, and the sister is totally brainwashed by Zola. She's ready to infiltrate the world. Oh. And Captain America has to save him. Um, so, And there's also a huge 
big twist in the end that just gutted me. So if you're looking for emotional meaning (laughs) in a book, read this. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I recommend both both of those. Um, And then a read-alike that I had is called New Avengers, Everything Dies. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) By Jonathan Hickman. Um, So again, it's slightly... Uh, kind of an alternate timeline. So there are these newer comics coming out that are have new story material without mm-hmm. straying from the original material. Sure. Um, so this one is a new group of Avengers who reassemble to form the Illuminati. It's the second time they're mentioned yeah. during this podcast. Yes. Something's going it's on. It's not then. the same Illuminati that you were talking about mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. as far as I know. <laughs> Um, and this group has Black Panther, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, who are familiar names, and then Black Bolt, Mr. Fantastic, and Namor the Submariner, and the Beast. And isn't Namor Marvel's answer to Aquaman, kind of? I have no idea. <laughs> I Sure. <laughs> Again, I don't know much about these guys, but... Submariner? Yeah. Yeah, Namor the Submariner. Okay. Sure. Yeah. They copy each other all the time. We know, guys. We know what's going on. Right. It's all the time. (laughs) Um, So this team, they have to use the six infinity stones to plan for the death of everything. And that's all I've got. Is that like the snap? I don't, I really don't know. (laughs) It sounds as intimidating. I I read the the summary of this book. That's all. I haven't read it. Um, Yeah. So that's, if you're, if you like uh, the Dimension Z books with Captain America. New Avengers is a good place to go. Speaking of Avengers. Yes. I wanted to talk to you about Avengers Endgame. Because it was amazing. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> so, if you haven't seen it yet, and you're a Marvel fan, I will give you a spoiler alert. I don't plan to spoil anything. Sure. I, I don't think we will. Um, but... Uh, so I went and saw this when it first came out. How long has it been? It's been a couple months. Yeah, more than a couple months. It's been a few. Yeah. I've seen it out on our new DVD shelf, so that means it's been a few months. Mm -hmm. Um, and before I saw this, I ended up marathoning all of the 20 Marvel movies. (laughs) Dedication. (laughs) The month preceding the opening of this (laughs) movie. That's how much time you need, yeah. Yeah, Really, it is. Um, and that was probably the best decision I could have made to, to watch this movie. Um, it's, I can't even, like, I just loved it. It was probably the best movie experience I've ever had Mm -hmm. in a theater. Again, I had watched all these movies leading up to it, so it was highly emotional. Um, Had you seen the movies before? Yes. you were just rewatching? Just rewatching. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just good to get that refresher. Mm -hmm. Um, and all of these storylines are kind of wrapping up, and you're seeing these arcs and characters. Yeah. It was just really an amazing movie. Um, and I found a quote, which I'm afraid I don't remember where I found it, but it said, um, unlike some possible Mar- Marvel movies, it says, or superhero movies, this movie exists not to exploit fans, but to reward them for their love, patience, and undying adoration. Nice. Which I felt is very true yeah. of this movie. Have uh, you seen it, Rachel? Oh, yeah, of course I have. <laughs> I've seen all the Marvel movies. I've seen most of the Marvel shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts about Endgame? Um, 
I thought it was a fitting end to the main story. I know they're still continuing it in some offshoots. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really disliked a Marvel movie. I mean, you kind of go in knowing what it is. It's going to be a superhero movie. It's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. That's what you expect, you mm-hmm. know? And it's always met that standard for me. Yeah. I mean, I'd say they're very few exclusions where maybe some movies go off in some directions that they maybe shouldn't have yeah but those are few and far between and again it's based on comics so it's always going to be a mix right um but i i really enjoyed it yeah it's very emotional yes (laughs) yeah the first five minutes (laughs) i was just crying (laughs) i mean i had goosebumps i was crying i was laughing i experienced all the motion emotions Mm -hmm. yeah which is what you want from entertainment media yeah no matter what form it takes even if it's not cinema (laughs) (laughs) so we were talking the other day guys we had this email chain going it came out in the news that Let's see. Martin Scorsese. Yeah, and Coppola, (laughs) who are some very well-known... And respected. Movie makers, right? As they should be. Or should we say filmmakers, because that's fancier. Cinema makers. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) They were talking shade about Marvel. Yeah, a little bit. And I let Melody know, and she was not having it. (laughs) I sent a reply in all caps in my (laughs) Yes. Um, yeah, so they said, we're summarizing this yeah. word for word. Yeah, you can look up the news article. Yes, so they said that um, Marvel, comic book movies or Marvel? I think it's Marvel. Marvel, yeah. Marvel movies were not quote-unquote cinema, mm-hmm. um, and that's what Scorsese said. And then, um, what's the other guy's name? Francis Ford Coppola, isn't it? Yeah, sure. See, we sound like such millennials for not knowing yeah, the sorry. full name. Sorry, guys. Yeah, <laughs> but um, and the other one said that uh, it, he, uh, what did he say? Oh, it was despicable cinema. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and so they made the point that it um re he didn't want to rewatch them over and over again, mm-hmm. and also that he wanted movies to have meaning and give emotional meaning. I think that's what he said, something like that. I'm making a face right now because yeah. that is so ridiculous. I, mean, <laughs> I just told you I've cried in the yeah. in Endgame. Everyone's going to react differently to yeah. different things. Yeah. Movies, I think, no matter what the movie is, it's a form of art. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to define that as cinema or not. Mm-hmm. All these people came together to make something. Right. And... No matter your personal reaction to it, it's a reaction. Right. And it's kind of succeeded in what it's meant to do. Mm-hmm. And sure, these guys can have their opinions just like the rest of us. Yeah. But why should it matter just because they happen to be filmmakers? Yeah. You know, it doesn't I, mean yeah. they're right. Right. I, I mean, I think maybe part of the argument is high art versus low art. Right. Which I that's mean, so hard to define. Yeah. You know? But if you compare, for example, Joker... Versus Endgame. Sure. Joker's probably high art. Yeah. I did not enjoy Joker. (laughs) Endgame is probably low art, which I enjoyed. So, you know, maybe Marvel reaches the masses more than the highfalutin. And I I suspect (laughs) there's a fair amount of bitterness felt by certain filmmakers. Mm -hmm. And I can understand that, where possibly it's harder for them to get traction with projects they want to do because of these big blockbuster films. Right. But also, 
you're literally Scorsese. You can do what you want, you know? Yeah. I just, it just irks me that he says it's not cinema. Yeah. I mean, you can say, I think it's bad art, and I'll be like, okay, that's fair. Sure. But to say it's not cinema, yeah. like cinema is movies. movies, and I think it's a movie. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's how we feel. That was our rant on yeah. the matter. Um, we like things, and we think that you should let other people like things too. Yeah. No matter sure. your personal bitterness. Right. And even if you don't like things, it's it's okay if someone yeah. else does. Yeah. Yeah. No, no need to be put out by it. Right. Um, so the last thing to bring things to a higher note yeah. <laughs> that we wanted to talk about was um, a show called The Boys yes. on Amazon Prime. Rachel, you want to take it away? Yeah, so The Boys is based on a comic book series by Garth Ennis, who also did Preacher. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, so as soon as uh, the show came off the air, this came on, and I started watching it. And yeah. it's it's been a nice filler, I think. <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime. It's kind of based around the idea that if superheroes were the bad guys, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure other people have done, but maybe not to this degree. Yeah. it's So the question, I guess, is if superheroes did exist in our real world, mm-hmm. Like the more powerful people in our society, politicians, celebrities, celebrity athletes, wouldn't they be managed in the same way? Mm -hmm. So things like how does a superhero make money? By selling merchandise, making movies, advertising, appearing at events, (laughs) making deals and partnerships with people. And that leads to some sketchy behavior. Super sketchy. Yes. Um, it Super is... sketchy, pun intended. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a long day. You know what? I think it's great. Okay. <laughs> the show is super graphic and violent, and there is a nudity warning. Yes, so just be aware. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but hey, I love that sort of thing. So <laughs> if you do too, give it a try. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a really great show. The storyline is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, starts off with a main character, just an average guy who works in a. Um, it's like a, a Circuit a, City almost. Yeah, I was going to say Radio Shack, but that is <laughs> same way difference. Long time ago, um, he ends up encountering the superhero world because something happens to somebody he cares about mm-hmm. by mistake, and they start discovering some some of the real truth behind the facade of these perfect super heroes. Yeah. Yeah. And we're following them, so we're kind of sort of given an insider's look into that world. Yeah. Um, there's some really great characters in this show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to... His name is not Preacher, but that's what I... Butcher. Thinking. Butcher. <laughs> yes. Um, Butcher, who's played by um, the guy in Star Trek. Keith Urban? Yes, is Keith Urban. Yes. That's that's right. I'm terrible with names. I'm sorry, yeah. Keith Urban. You are very memorable, and you're, you're a great actor. Yes, you are. And I'm, I'm no reflection. so thankful that you're listening to this yes. podcast. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? Okay. I expect everyone we talk about to be listening. Yes. Um, so he's a really great character, because he's kind of been burned by the superhero world, yeah. but he also kind of has a heart. He's a really gruff guy. Um, there's this young, new superhero, Starlight, who... I think is maybe one of the more uh, likable and more yeah, characters. Yeah, she's very optimistic and yeah. genuine. 
Yes. And she kind of gets roped into this world and yeah. sees it for what it is. And but is maybe a little stuck before it's too yeah. late. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a really good show. Have you finished it yet? I did. I finished it over the weekend. Yeah. Finally, finally. Yeah. It's a good show. Um, so we recommend that, too. Yeah. Um, and on that, I think we're going to call this episode because yeah. we're already getting up there. Yeah. Um, so be sure that you check the show notes where we're going to put all the titles for things we've talked about as well as any important links like for our website and our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, be sure to subscribe. And you can always contact us through social media with hashtag NotYourMother'sLibrary. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be back in the new year. Um, Melody, we're going to miss you. I know, I'll miss you too. <laughs> But happy reading, guys. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye.